0: Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 57 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 139 on the Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended July 13th, 2019. Welcome! Welcome! So this was the longest weekly list so far with 206 not normal items. To put that in some context, the first week, week one was nine items. Week two was 18 items. As we finished off year one, it was roughly 120 items. And as we finished off year two, it was somewhere between 150 and 180. So we are now heading towards 200 plus not normal items. And I say that with the thought that the chaos of our lives has obfuscated the damage and extremes under Trump. And each week blurs into the next week's crisis and unprecedented actions and then we lose sight of what's happened. And to me, the biggest problem is he's getting away with it all. There's been no accountability for any of it. And we're going to go through a number of crazy crises this week and we whiplashed and Trump careening all over in very crazy ways and some really alarming and frightening stuff that reminds me very much of the early days and the uprise of the Holocaust. And yet there's no accountability. And yet all of these stories next week, just like in every week that we do this podcast, we'll be talking about new things, which is sadly how we normalize. We are the frog in boiling wa- in water, coming to boil degree by degree. Um, so folks, I am continuing to push the idea. We really need to have a public impeachment inquiry. Uh, the public needs to know what was in the Mueller probe. There needs to start to be some accountability for that. We're heading towards 2020 and we're going to repeat the same mistakes again. So I'm going to go through some of the stories in this week, but I just want to point out the continuing theme. There was another cabinet resignation this week. There were other resignations this week the Consolidate and increasingly other entities like the Federal Reserve seem beholden to him. So a lot of troubling things that continue in these patterns, but I'm going to start off this week. There's validation of power, not only in terms of people leaving and Trump then assigning acting people to those roles that don't, don't require Senate confirmation, our immigration policy is being dictated by people, none of whom are Senate confirmed. We still do not have a secretary of defense. Uh, We don't have a confirmed secretary of Homeland Security. This week, Trump is talking about firing the director of national intelligence. And each time, each one of these acts, each cut results in power accruing to him, either him installing loyalists or eliminating the position or just leaving it open. He's increasingly thumbing his nose at Congress, at the courts, and he doesn't give up on things. He keeps pushing on them. If they don't work out the way he wants, he repackages them and goes back to the well again. And as we've been talking about, and we're going to talk about this week, he is in control of our Department of Justice, not operating as an independent entity. There's a lot of different plot lines we're going to follow this week, and I did my best to kind of group them together to make some sense of a week that was extremely chaotic we started off last week with, on Saturday evening, hearing that Jeffrey Epstein was arrested by federal agents at Titoboro Airport in New Jersey after arriving from Paris. Agents also broke down the door of his Manhattan townhouse to execute search warrants. The Daily Peace reported Epstein was arrested by the FBI, New York Police Department's Crimes Against Children Task Force on charges of sex trafficking dozens of minors in New York and Florida. On Monday, Politico reported the White House was watching closely the media coverage of Labor Secretary Alex Acosta's involvement with the 2008 plea deal with Epstein. We've talked about that in past podcasts, but Trump was sticking with him for now. On Tuesday, Trump started the process of distancing himself from Epstein, saying that he, quote, knew him like everybody in Palm Beach knew him, adding, quote, I had a falling out with him. I haven't spoken to him in 15 years. I was not a fan of his. On Tuesday, White House counselor Kellyanne Conway continued that effort, telling reporters that Trump, quote, hasn't talked or had contact with Epstein in years and years and years and over a decade at least. The New York Times, however, reported in 1992, a Florida businessman flew in 28 girls for a calendar girl competition at Mar-a-Lago. He told the Times the event meant for VIPs was only attended by Trump and Epstein. Epstein was photographed at Mar-a-Lago in the 1990s and early 2000s, but he was not a member. Trump later distanced himself from Epstein reportedly over a field business arrangement between the two of them. The Washington Post reported Epstein's black book contained 14 phone numbers for Trump. He also had numbers for Melania, his Trump's personal assistants, his houseman, a security officer, his brother Robert, and wife Ivanka, former his his former wife Ivana, and Ivanka. During the week, an additional 14 women came forward saying Epstein sexually assaulted them as children. Epstein's lawyer said he will be released from prison asked that he be released from prison to stay at his 77 million mansion awaiting trial on Sunday this was a happier thing we're going to talk about even though Trump managed to ruin it a little bit the US women's soccer team won the world cup it took Trump several hours to send a congratulatory tweet hours after former president Obama and other leaders had done so Remember what it was like to have a regular president who actually cheered on our country when we did well, even those who were critical of him. On Tuesday, the team was honored at a ticker tape parade in lower Manhattan. Captain Megan Rapopo said the team accepted an invitation from Minority Leader Chuck Schumer to visit, but has not heard from Trump about a White House visit. The team was the third team, along with the NBA's Golden State Warriors and NFL's Philadelphia Eagles, to have an invitation rescinded after players publicly criticized Trump or indicated they did not plan to attend. Rapinel told Trump on CNN quote, your message is excluding people adding you have an incredible responsibility as a chief of this country to take care of every single person and quote, you need to do better for everyone. On Thursday, ABC News reported the New York Police Department is investigating vandalism of eight posters of Rapineau in the New York subway, which were defaced with various homophobic statements as a possible hate crime. On Sunday, in a memo dating, and now we're getting on to another major theme as we open this week. Folks, there was a lot. This week was a lot. <sighs> On Saturday, in a memo date, memos dating from 2017 to present leaked to the Daily Mail, UK ambassador to the US, Kim Durock, a top British diplomat, described Trump as inept, insecure and incompetent. Durock said Trump's White House was, quote, uniquely dysfunctional and likely to, quote, become substantially more. It likely to become substantially more normal and warm, Trump would be indebted, unlikely to become substantially more normal and warned Trump could be indebted to Russia and his career could end in disgrace. The British government defended the ambassador saying in a statement, quote, the British public would expect our ambassador to provide ministers with an honest, unvarnished assessment of the politics of our country. On Monday, Trump tweeted he will no longer deal with Iraq, saying, quote, I do not know the ambassador. He is not well-liked or thought of within the U.S. Despite his claim, Trump has met Iraq several times. But Trump wasn't done yet. Trump also tweeted, quote, The good news for the wonderful United Kingdom is that soon they will have a new prime minister. Adding, he, quote, Thoroughly enjoyed his recent visit and was most impressed by the queen. On Tuesday, Trump again attacked Iraq, calling him, quote, The wacky ambassador, quote, a very stupid guy, and a, quote, pompous fool, adding, quote, tell him the USA now has the best economy and military. Trump also attacked Prime Minister Theresa May on Brexit, tweeting, quote, I told Theresa May how to do the deal, but she was her own, she went her own foolish way, was unable to get it done, adding a disaster. On Tuesday, UK Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt defended PM May, responding to Trump's tweet, These comments are disrespectful and wrong to our prime minister and country. Prime Minister May stood by DeRuque in a statement calling the leak unfortunate, adding the selective extracts leaked do not reflect the closeness of and the esteem to which we hold the relationship. And this is where your narrator, me, takes a friendly stop to remind us the United Kingdom is, if not our closest, one of our closest allies. Trump spent the first half of the week attacking not only this, not only this ambassador, but the country, uh, their outgoing prime minister. However, if Kim Jong-un did something like this or Saudi Arabia or Russia or any of the other authoritarian regimes, it would have been wonderful. But the democracies have the stuff where they speak in a free speech and it's somehow verboten. On Wednesday, Durock, after facing days of intense criticism from Trump, including Trump calling him a pompous fool, resigned, saying he could not be an effective ambassador if the Trump regime would not deal with him. Lawmakers from both parties, including Lindsey Graham and Mark Warner, expressed disappointment. The Daily Mirror hit headline over in the UK said, Traitor Boris Backs Trump, Not Britain, citing Boris Johnson, who is likely to replace May. On Wednesday, another ambassador told the New York Times, quote, it could have been any of us, saying D- disdain for Trump is almost ubiquitous, with almost all the foreign officials describing living in something of a black hole in D.C. On Thursday, German, French, and European Union ambassadors held a breakfast for Dirac's De departure, showing solidarity in their support for him, including tweets noting who, quote, our true friends are. Now we're going to get into another plot line. As we opened up this week, we've been talking a lot about, and I just want to mention, typically the photo that we choose for the weekly list, again, it's being archived in the Library of Congress. We put a lot of thought into the photo that's most representative of the week. We usually try to change up the themes every week to cover a lot of different topics. Originally we were thinking about having the women's soccer team and their statement of one nation as the photo. But we decided in the end to go with a picture of Mike Pence's visit to the Southern Border facilities. We're going to talk about that in this week's list. Notably, three of our last four weeks are related to what's happening in our southern border. Because folks, many, much of this is reflective of a pattern that would reflect an uprise of genocide. Uh, the early patterns of the Holocaust, the way that this is is playing out. So we want to have this important moment memorialized in photos. As we started out the week on Sunday, Acting Director of Citizenship and Immigration Services Ken Cuccinelli told Fox News Sunday that he expects a citizenship question to be on the 2020 census saying Trump has expressed determination Cuccinelli also described, criticized House Democrats visiting detention centers, calling it, quote, the height of hypocrisy, saying, quote, they come down and complain, but they are not helping fix the problem. On Sunday, Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Kevin McEllenand told The Week that reporting on conditions at detention centers are unsubstantiated, claiming there's adequate food, water and showers. On Sunday, Trump tweeted, quote, the fake news media, in particular, the failing New York Times, is writing phony and exaggerated accounts of the board and detention centers. Trump tweeted, quote, people should not be entering our country illegally. We should be allowed to focus on the United States citizens first, adding Border Patrol and other law enforcement have been doing a great job. And this is where I remind you folks. Asylum seekers are legal. It's allowed under U.S. and international law. This is not illegal. On Sunday, the New York Times defended their reporting in week 138, issuing a statement saying, quote, we are confident in the accuracy of our reporting on the U.S. border's detention centers. On Sunday, Trump also attacked Fox News in a series of tweets. Yes, you heard that right. He attacked Fox News. Saying, quote, watching Fox News weekend anchors is worse than watching low rating fake news CNN or lying Brian Williams. Trump complained, quote, Fox News, who failed to get the very boring Dem debates, is now loading up with Democrats, adding, quote, and even using fake unsourced New York Times as a source of information. Trump also tweeted Fox News, quote, is changing fast, but they forget the people who got them there. And complained about democrat donna brazil saying quote she is all over fox and chep smith quote by far their lowest rated show on monday ap reported trump was upset at the network because they aired a scene at a sports bar in france during the u.s world cup where the crowd was chanting "fuck trump fox news also angered trump airing two segments on sunday which cited new york times reporting on child detention centers in Texas, with a commentator from a liberal watchdog group calling it, quote, the stuff of nightmares. Then this story was interesting. A poll done by YouGov Blue and Data for Progress tested the impact of the phrase, quote, these are not our children, used repeatedly by Fox News to defend Trump's immigration policy. And folks, I, I posted uh, and tweeted, um, the 10 stages of genocide, this would be stage six, where you purposely have propaganda that dehumanizes the people that you're trying to hurt. So again, Fox News has repeatedly been saying that these are not our children. And how does it impact? When asked whether they agree with a statement that migrant detention centers have, quote, unacceptable conditions or that migrants are, quote, not our children, the split was For Republicans, 40 percent said the detention centers are unacceptable, while 60 percent said these are not our children. (laughs) For Democrats, 92 percent said the conditions were unacceptable and only 8 percent said not our children because we don't watch Fox News. On Tuesday, NBC News reported, according to accounts collected by the Department of Homeland Security case managers, migrant children held at a border station in Yuma, Arizona, alleged sexual assault and retaliation by Custom and Border Patrol agents. The 30 accounts collected between April 10th and June 12th include being touched inappropriately by agents and being retaliated against for complaining about unsanitary conditions, hunger, and overcrowding. One child stayed in soiled underwear for 10 days because he was afraid to ask for a clean pair. All of the children interviewed had been held in the border station longer than the 72 hours allowed by law. On Tuesday, 18 Jewish protesters from the Never Again Action Group were arrested by Capitol Police in D.C. as they protested the regime's immigration detention camps and called for the defunding of ICE. We talked about two other groups last week who were also arrested in Boston and New Jersey. On Wednesday, Yasmin Juarez, the mother whose toddler died weeks after they were released by ICE, testified before the House Oversight Committee saying, quote, I watched my baby girl die slowly and painfully. In the hearing on the treatment of migrant children, Juarez described seeing a number of sick children at the detention facility where they were held. She's filed a wrongful death claim against the Trump regime. An attorney advocate told the House panel she interviewed hundreds of immigrant children who complained about quote, open toilets, saying they are embarrassed to use the toilet. One boy said he tried not to eat to avoid using an open toilet. On Friday, the House released a report based on testimony and subpoenaed information on child separation under Trump. The new information on 2,648 children who were separated from their parents the report found at least 18 migrant children under the age of two were separated from their parents and kept apart for 20 days to half a year. These are babies. Also many of the children in border patrol were kept for longer than 72 hours, which is the maximum allowed on Friday. And this is the picture that accompanies week 139 vice president mike pence visited a migration detention facility in mcallen the washington post reported he saw 400 men crammed behind chain fences in sweltering heat without enough room to lie down on concrete floors when reporters arrived the migrant men screamed that they had been held there for 40 days or longer were hungry had not been able to brush their teeth And had asked for permission to go outside and had to ask for permission to go outside to get drinking water. The patrol agent in charge admitted many of the men had not showered in 10 to 20 days. Pence said, quote, I was not surprised by what I saw, adding, quote, I knew we'd see a system that was overwhelmed, adding, quote, this is tough stuff. Pence, however, blamed Democrats, saying they need to, quote, step up, do their jobs and end the crisis and gave a more positive view of of the of the facilities than Democrats and newspapers saying quote every family i spoke to said they were being well cared for. Pence also said quote what you saw today was a very clean facility adding quote it was just a few short weeks ago that congress finally acknowledged the crisis and gave an additional 4.6 billion in humanitarian aid. Pence also praised employees at the facility, saying, quote, I was deeply moved to see the care that our Customs and Border Protection personnel are providing, saying they are doing, quote, a tough job in a difficult environment. On Friday, The Intercept reported Border Patrol Chief Carla Provost was a member of the secret Facebook group um, 1015 discovered in week 136, which is under investigation by Homeland Security. On Friday, Adweek reported, Ogilvy's leadership team looked to address staff concerns over its work for Custom and Border Patrol, which had not been previously reported. Many agency staffers were unaware of the relationship and expressed concern. (sighs) Okay, now we're going to talk about some other related issues in our everyday racism, homophobia, sexism section on Monday, and this sounds like really promising. We'll be watching this one. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo unveiled a new commission on unalienable rights, which he said would present him with, quote, an informed review of the role of human rights in American foreign policy. Which brings me to the next story, which in normal times would be ringing bells and would be the front page of the New York Times but instead was on hidden in page nine on a small story. This is really important and really telling that we're not even talking about this stuff anymore. On Thursday, 22 countries, including our former allies, Britain, France, Canada, and Germany, issued a joint statement condemning China's mass detention of Muslims and other minorities. The U.S. was not a signature on the joint statement, a signatory to to the statement. This is just... Uh, we've been totally silent on it. So, you know, again, on human rights, we used to be a global leader in the advocacy of human rights. We've disappeared. We've, we're not signing. We're not part of PACs. We're certainly not leaning by example. On Monday, William Latson, the principal at a Florida high school, was reassigned to an administrative position over a 2018 email exchange in which he said the Holocaust was not a, quote, factual historic event. On Tuesday, the Washington Post reported while the Senate has confirmed Trump's judicial picks at a record pace, one in five seats in the appellate bench have been appointed by Trump. Not one of the 41 judges is Hispanic or black. On Tuesday, Mississippi Today reported Robert Foster, a Republican candidate for governor, denied a woman reporter access to his campaign, saying being alone with a woman could be used to smear him. Foster said, quote, I put my wife and my Christian beliefs above everyone else's feelings or opinions. As the story gained national attention, Foster refused to back down, saying, quote, perception is reality in this world. On Tuesday, a panel of judges on the Fifth Circuit of Appeals sharply questioned attorneys defending the Affordable Care Act, signaling the panel may throw away part of the law. The case would be the third to head to the Supreme Court the Department of Justice, which typically is charged with defending the nation's laws, declined to discuss the litigation against Obamacare. On Wednesday, a Catholic high school teacher who was fired for being in a same-sex marriage sued the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, saying it, quote, illegally interfered with his contractual and employment relationship. On Friday, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, remember him, said he had a change of heart over his tweets to, quote, withdraw all financial incentive dollars from Nike following the Betsy Ross sneaker controversy and said he would welcome a new Nike plant. On Friday, the District Attorney General issued a subpoena to the National Rifle Association and its foundation, quote, as part of an investigation into whether these entities violated the district's nonprofit act. And with that, I wanna send my thoughts and prayers to the National Rifle Association. Okay, now we're gonna enter a new section, getting into impeachment and some other things as the week opened. On Sunday, Representative Justin Amash, who left the Republican Party, um, told State of the Union that high-level Republicans have privately thanked him for supporting impeachment. On Monday, Representative Amash resigned from the House Oversight Committee. He had been the sole Republican joining the panel's Democrats in an effort to investigate Trump. On Sunday, Representative Peter King said in an interview, there was a, quote, severe, serious abuses that were carried out by the FBI and I believe top level of the CIA against candidate Trump, adding it's all going to come out. Very foreboding. On Sunday, an ABC News Washington Post poll found Trump reached a career-high approval rating of 44%, two points better than his previous peak, while 53% disapprove. The poll also found 30% are for impeachment, steady from April, although opposition has grown to a new high of 59%. On Sunday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told The Times, quote, Trump would rather be impeached, adding he every day practically self-impeaches by obstructing justice and ignoring subpoenas. Asked if Trump had pressured her on the issue, Pelosi said, quote, he may have one time said something like, I'm glad you're not going to do this impeachment because there's nothing there, adding, but that means nothing to me. I just want to point out here, folks, that within an action by Pelosi, that says something. That normalized what Trump has got away with. And in my mind, that is why you see a slup, slight uptick in his popularity to 44%. We still you know, are in this range. He's never had 50% approval, but whatever. There's a slight, a slight uptick. I believe we've normalized all his you know, past bad acts by not having impeachment. This was an interesting story on Monday. BuzzFeed reported multiple House Democrats, including several moderates, who are for starting an impeachment inquiry, said it was based on feedback from their constituents. On Monday, Trump retweeted a two-year-old tweet. So anyway, I I just want to repeat with this story that a lot of the folks that are in these sort of purplish districts, despite what we're hearing in DC, and some of them said in the story that we're hearing that the the kitchen table um, issues are not impeachment, they said, when we go home, we are hearing about impeachment, again, which is different than what these stories were indicating. On Monday, this was just a random Trump thing. Trump retweeted a two year old tweet with a fictitious quote by Ronald Reagan predicting he would be president. The account who first set the tweet uh, had 13 followers. On Tuesday, the Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit said Trump cannot block his critics on Twitter, saying he violated the First Amendment in a case that would have brought could have broad implications for public officials. Trump had blocked seven of the people behind the lawsuit while the case was appealed. A spokesperson for the DOJ, which defended Trump in this lawsuit said, we are exploring next steps, which is also interesting because he said that the account is not what he uses as a public official, yet the DOJ is defending him. Strange how that works. Okay. Now we're going to get into a section on the environment. A lot of stories about the environment this week. On Saturday, CNN reported Trump's USDA suspended data collection for honeybee colonies, part of an Obama-era focus on protecting pollinators whose populations have plummeted. An annual survey was suspended for the third time since Trump took office. Budgetary concerns were cited. The USDA also moved key research units from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City, sparking an exodus of experts. On Monday, in environmental, issues, as environmental issues gained traction for the 2020 race. Trump delivered a speech defending his record on the environment Monday. The Washington Post reported Ivanka, who also pushed him to address the environment, was at the event. Speaking, to, speaking from the White House, Trump said, quote, We want the cleanest air. We want crystal clean water. And that's what we're doing adding the regime is pursuing, quote, technology processes to make production cleaner. It was unclear what he meant by that. Trump said the U.S., quote, does not have to sacrifice our jobs to lead the world on the environment, saying the regime is working, quote, harder than any previous, maybe all of them, and mocked the Green New Deal. Trump was joined by three cabinet secretaries overseeing energy, two of whom are former lobbyists for the coal and oil industries, that's Andrew Wheeler and David Bernhardt of the EPA and Interior, and did not mention climate change during his speech. Trump nonsensically claimed no one had heard of forest management to prevent wildfires until he took office, saying, quote, you don't have to have any forest fires if you clean the forests like they do in forest nations. Environmental advocates described Trump's speech as a 1984 moment. Federal data showed air quality has significantly worsened under Trump, with carbon dioxide emissions having their biggest increase since 2010. Fox News uncharacteristically cut into Trump's speech to fact-check him live. Host Shepard Smith said on air that Trump's policies have been, quote, "...widely criticized by environmentalists and academics." On Tuesday, CNN reported a whistleblower said he was pressured to reverse an environmental finding that Mike Ingram's proposed housing and golf project in the Arizona desert would threaten endangered species. The decision came after Interior Department Secretary Bernhardt met with Ingram at a Montana hunting lodge, which was not listed on Bernhardt's official calendar. Ingram is also a donor and fundraiser for Trump. Whistleblower Steve Spangle, a 30-year veteran of Fish and Wildlife Service, was overruled by higher-ups. The meeting was one of at least 11 Ingram had with top officials at the Interior and the EPA. On Wednesday, the Wall Street Journal reported Rod Schoonover, a State Department intelligence analyst, resigned after the White House blocked part of his testimony to Congress on climate change and its threat to national security. Schoonover's testimony cited scientific journals and intelligence reports and concluded climate change could cause increased humanitarian crises, competitive for resources and risk of political instability. On Sunday, the Washington Post. So again, these are, I mean, it's just gaslighting 101 folks. Trump gives a speech about all the things he's done for the environment ahead of 2020, I've been talking week after week, if you've been following this podcast of all the things that he's done to hurt our environment, all the protections he's taking away. Someone once joked, we should put a restraining order around Obama's legacy. He's undone all of the good work Obama had done to reduce uh, cl- reduce climate change. So that was climate change. Now on to the next subject, which was the census. On Sunday, The Washington Post reported in response to their inquiry on if career attorneys could withdraw from the case on adding a citizenship question to the 2020 census, the DOJ said in a statement it was changing lawyers. Reportedly, at least some of the career attorneys had legal or ethical concerns over Trump's orders. It is nearly unheard of to switch legal teams in the midst of such a case. Unheard of, unprecedented, but we say that like 20 times a week. The Department of Justice said new lawyers will be part of the department's civil division and consumer protection branch. Analysts say the new team will be proceeding on increasingly shaky legal ground. On Monday, Attorney General William Barr said in an interview that he believes there is a legal path for the regime to add a citizenship question, but declined to give details. Barr said Trump is, quote, right on the legal grounds, adding, quote, I felt the Supreme Court decision was wrong. So here you have the attorney general defending Trump and taking on the Supreme Court. He also acknowledged that some of the career attorneys did not want to continue working on the case. On Monday, Speaker Pelosi said she planned to schedule a full House vote soon to hold Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in contempt for defying House subpoenas related to the citizenship question. On Tuesday, Trump quoted a Fox & Friends co-host, tweeting, quote, there should be a question about citizenship on the census, adding, quote, working hard on something that should be so easy. People are fed up. On Tuesday, a federal judge in New York rejected the Department of Justice request to change lawyers on the 2020 census case, saying, quote, defendants provided no reasons, let alone satisfactory reasons. Judge Jesse Furman said to change its legal team, the Department of Justice must meet the legal requirements of satisfactorily explaining the existing lawyer's departure, showing the switch would not impede the case. On Wednesday, a second federal judge, Judge George Hazel in Maryland, said he shared the concern of the federal judge in New York and denied the Department of Justice's bid to withdraw the attorneys from the 2020 census case there. Judge Hazel wrote he was concerned that, quote, a shift in counsel at this late stage may be disruptive to an already complicated and expedited case, but with assurances was, quote, inclined to ultimately permit the withdrawal. On Monday, in an interview with the AP, William Barr also accused Democrats of trying to create a, quote, public spectacle by subpoenaing Robert Mueller to testify, there is no indication Mueller does not want to testify before Congress, and we all know what a great job Barr did misrepresenting his report. Barr also said the DOJ would seek to block any attempts by House Democrats to subpoena other members of the special counsel team. On Monday, Barr told reporters he is recusing himself from the Epstein case, saying, quote, I am recru- recused from that matter because of one of the law firms that represented Epstein long ago was a firm I subsequently joined. During his Senate confirmation hearing, when asked if he would conduct an investigation of the DOJ's handling of the Epstein case, Barr responded, quote, I have to recuse myself from Kirkland and Ellis matters, I am told. However, on Tuesday, The DOJ said Barr would not recuse himself from the SDNY prosecution of Epstein, saying he will remain involved in the DOJ's review of the handling of the the case. So, you know, I just want to point out here, folks, that he just did a complete 180. And if you'll remember, one of the reasons that Trump got rid of Sessions is that he recused himself from the Mueller matter. Do not recuse while Barr is sticking with him on with Epstein and the possibility that Trump may be entangled. Very good likelihood with a sex trafficking ring. Barr is staying engaged after saying Monday he wouldn't after saying the Senate confirmation that he was he had to recuse himself from another portion of this case. Now he unrecused himself. On Tuesday, Trump tweeted, quote, the radical left is using commerce to hurt their enemies, citing a planned boycott of Home Depot over its financial owner, fi- owner's financial support of Trump. Notably, Trump has called for boycotts, too, of U.S. companies. On Monday, CNN reported Felix Satter is scheduled to testify to the House Intelligence Committee behind closed doors. In week 136 Satter was a no show to schedule testimony saying he overslept after taking a sedative. On Tuesday, a house spokesperson said Satter quote has not fully cooperated saying he obstructed the panel's investigation by withholding documents and testimony adding he will quote remain under subpoena till he does so. If you'll recall in week 136 on Thursday Satter told the Washington post, he couldn't wait to testify. And then on Friday, He slept through his testimony, and now he refused to cooperate. Sounds like someone got to Felix Satter, I didn't know better. On Monday, AP reported a federal grand jury is probing whether GOP fundraiser Elliot Brody, remembered him, used his position as vice chair of Trump's inaugural committee to cultivate business deals with foreign governments. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn subpoenaed Trump's inaugural committee, seeking records related to 20 individuals and businesses. Investigating whether Brody violated the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. On Monday, New York, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signed a bill that allows Congress to obtain Trump's state tax returns. However, House Ways and Means Committee Chair Richard Neal said he will not seek Trump's state returns. On Tuesday, the California Assembly passed a measure requiring presidential candidates to release five years of tax returns. The measure passed the Senate and awaits Governor Gavin Newsom's signature. On Tuesday, in a newly unsealed document, and this is really complicated, but stick with me, federal prosecutors told the judge they no longer plan to call Michael Flynn as a witness in the trial of Bijan Rafiki Adnan. That's Flynn's former business partner in a consulting business. Flynn was set to cooperate in exchange for a lenient sentencing, but the July 3rd filing said an abrupt shift that prosecutors will instead argue Flynn was a co-conspirator instead of cooperating, raising concerns Flynn may expect a pardon. On Friday, an attorney for Bijan Rafi Kinin said in court that federal prosecutors have extensive evidence that the Turkish government tried to influence Trump's 2016 campaign through Flynn. The trial starts next week. And Flynn, until last week, was supposed to be the government's star witness against Rafi on being paid by Turkey to push for the expulsion of cleric Fethullah Golan. Flynn's attorney, his new attorney, Sidney Powell, who Trump, don't forget, a few weeks ago tweeted compliments about, claimed the government is trying to get Flynn to lie, saying Flynn did not intentionally lie about the role of the Turkish government, but signed documents without reading them first. Powell said, quote, should the government's case here fail, it will not be because of anything Mr. Flynn did or did not do claiming the government is trying to retaliate against him and his former lawyers struck a bad deal. Prosecutor Brandon von Grack, part of Mueller's team who worked on Flynn's case, said it was the, quote, first time he is hearing Flynn does not believe he, quote, willfully and nofully lied. So, folks, smells like a pardon is coming to Flynn and his cooperation has dried up. On Tuesday, Politico reported the House Judiciary Committee will vote on Thursday to authorize 12 subpoenas for witnesses in the Mueller probe, including Jared Kushner, Sessions, Rosenstein, Flynn, John Kelly, Corey Lewandowski, Rob Porter, David Pecker of AMI, remember him, Rick Dearborn, Jody Hunt, Keith Davidson, and Dylan Howard. On Thursday, the House did vote to approve those subpoenas. The panel also approved subpoenas for documents and testimony from regime officials related to the zero-tolerance policy. On Monday, congressional Democrats issued 37 subpoenas for Trump's financial and business records as part of an emoluments lawsuit brought by more than 200 Democrats in Congress. The subpoenas were issued to Trump Tower, his hotels in New York and D.C., and Mar-a-Lago. Plaintiffs are also seeking information on trademarks Trump gained, his business gained by foreign governments while he was in office. The DOJ asked the U.S. Courts of Appeal for the District of Columbia Circuit in a court filing to dismiss the case or put the subpoenas on hold, saying the judge, quote, ignored the unique separation of powers concern. On Wednesday, the U.S. Courts of Appeal for the 4th District dismissed the emoluments lawsuit brought by an attorney general in Maryland and D.C. who claims Trump's business holdings were a conflict of interest. This is a different suit than the 200 um, Democrats. So this is by the attorney generals of Maryland and D.C. That case was dismissed. The court ruled that the lawsuit failed to definitively show state or government's switch to patronizing the Trump Hotel DC because it distributes profits to Trump rather than the hotel's characteristics. On Wednesday, Trump celebrated the win tweeting, quote, We're just out, I won a big part of the deep state and Democrats induced witch hunt, adding, quote, unanimous decision in my favor. Trump also tweeted, quote, I don't make money, but lose a fortune for the honor of serving and doing a great job as your president, including accepting zero salary, the attorneys general said they would file an appeal. And this is a fun story. On Wednesday at a White House ceremony for Trump to sign an executive order on advancing kidney health, Trump said, quote, the kidney has a very special place in the heart. It's an incredible thing. You can now see Fox News saying science was wrong all these years. The kidney really is in the heart. On Tuesday, Reuters reported three members of the Department of Justice Inspector General office met with Christopher Steele in London during Trump's visit in early June, interviewing him for 16 hours over two days. Inspector General Mike Horowitz met with Steele as part of the Department of Justice inquiry into the early stages of the FBI investigation into Trump. Horowitz's investigators found Steele's information sufficiently and surprisingly credible, dampening expectations of Trump allies. Mueller's team interviewed Steele twice in September 2017. On Tuesday, Politico reported only a small segment of members of Congress have read the Mueller report. Senator Tim Scott said, quote, what's the point? While well, Senator Lisa Murkowski, these are both Republicans, called it tedious. Another reason we need impeachment inquiry, folks, our members of Congress who are collecting paychecks have not read the Mueller report. (sighs) Excuse me. Okay, keep going. On Tuesday, Yahoo News reported Russian Foreign Interference Service, known as SVR, was behind a fake intelligence report that circulated in the summer of 2016 about the death of DNC staffer Rich Seth Rich. According to the fake report, Rich was on his way to alert the FBI to corrupt dealings by Hillary Clinton, which was killed by her associates. The conspiracy was picked up by the website which frequents in Russian propaganda. Over the two and a half years, Russia state media also ran with conspiracies that Rich was the source of Democratic Party emails leaked to WikiLeaks, which was an idea first floated by Julian Assange on August 9, 2016. On Wednesday, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell hinted for hinted at the first interest rate cut in over a decade. Fed watchers noted Powell has been under extreme pressure and unprecedented attacks by Trump to cut rates. On Wednesday, testifying before the House Financial Services Committee, Powell said he would not resign if Trump asked him to, saying, quote, The law clearly gives me a four-year term and I fully intend to serve it. On Wednesday, The Washington Post reported Trump's July 4th event cost the D.C. government $1.7 million and other costs for police, bankrupting a special fund to protect the city from terrorist threats and other security needs. On Tuesday, Trump praised Labor Secretary Alex Acosta, telling reporters he felt, quote, very badly for him, and said Acosta, quote, worked so hard and has done such a good job, adding he is looking at the situation closely. On Wednesday, Politico published an excerpt from an upcoming book, said the GOP almost abandoned Trump after the Access Hollywood tape until his ferocious attacks on Clinton during the their debate. So again, it just shows you if Trump denies and attacks, that won his party over and that seems to win his base over. On Wednesday, Guardian reported that Secretary Acosta's 2020 budget for the Labor Department um, plans to slash funding for the International Labor Affairs Bureau, the agency that fights the sexual a- exploitation of children. What a coincidence. On Wednesday, Acosta held a press conference to defend his role in brokering the plea deal for Epstein in 2008 after a chorus of Democrats called for him to resign. The conference was watched closely by Trump. Acosta, who was a top federal prosecutor in Miami at the time, said said of the victims, I wanted to help them. While Acosta condemned Epstein's horrible crimes, he refused to apologize, typical of a Trump strategy. Acosta claimed prosecutors in his office overrode state authorities because they wanted to make sure Epstein went to jail and put the world on notice that he is a accused sexual predator rather than, quote, roll the dice at trial. After the press conference, late, uh, Barry Krischer, a former Palm Beach state attorney, said Acosta was trying to, quote, rewrite history, adding, quote, I can emphatically state that Mr. Acosta's recollection of this matter is completely wrong. He said Acosta's office abandoned its own 53-page indictment after secret negotiations with Epstein's lawyer, saying, quote, the U.S. attorney's office always had the ability to file its own federal charges. On Wednesday, House Oversight Chair Elijah Cummings sent a letter to Acosta requesting that he testify before his committee this month, saying, quote, your testimony is even more critical now with the SDNY indictment. On Thursday, in a series of 20 morning tweets, <laughs> Thursday was quite a day, folks. 20 morning tweets Trump raged on a variety of unrelated topics, as news of Epstein was unfolding and announcements were coming on ICE raids and a citizenship question executive order, Trump tweeted, quote, the fake news is not as important or as powerful as social media, adding, quote, they have lost tremendous credibility since the day in November 2016 when he came down the escalator. It was actually 2015. Trump attacked, quote, the fake news media for saying, quote, the banks didn't like me, adding Deutsche Bank was, quote, one of the largest and most prestigious banks in the world. They wanted my business and so did many others. Trump attacked 2020 contender Senator Elizabeth Warren, who he again called Pocahontas, tweeting an apparent typo about the percentage of her Native Americanism from writing 1,000 over 24th instead of 1 over 1,024th. Trump then deleted that tweet. Trump tweeted about serving more than two terms. Quote, when I ultimately leaves office in six years or maybe 10 or 14, just kidding. Saying the media will, quote, quickly go out of business for lack of credibility or approval. But just notice now the pace at which he is joking, quote, I use that in quote, floating quotes, um, joking about serving more than two terms is increasing. It's becoming normalized. There's less pushback. On Thursday, the New York Times reported nationwide roundups by ICE of thousands of members of undocumented families for deportation are scheduled to begin on Sunday and continue over several days. ICE is reportedly targeting at least 2,000 immigrants who have been ordered to be deported. The raids will include, quote, collateral deportation, deportation of immigrants who happen to be on the scene during the raids. The operation, known by, which was first announced by Trump in week 136, was postponed partly because of the pushback from his own immigration agencies. Agents have also expressed apprehension about arresting babies and young children. On Thursday in the morning, ABC News requests... And so all of this is happening Thursday morning. And I was... I mean, it was just like a madness, madness, madness. So Trump's tweeting. There's a story about the raids and the roundups. uh, And then also reporting by ABC on Thursday morning... Uh, that the regime said Trump was expected to issue an executive order on Thursday to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census and announce it later on Thursday. Later Thursday, however, at a press conference with Bar and Commerce Secretary Ross, <laughs> Trump backed off from his efforts to add a citizenship question, including, without explanation, an executive order. Trump Instead, Trump issued an executive order directing every department and agency to provide the Commerce Department, quote, all requested records regarding the number of citizens and non-citizens in our country. Trump said we will utilize the vast federal database to gain a complete, full, and accurate count of non-citizen population. Barr said this would mark the end of three court cases on adding the citizenship question. Trump also said he is not, quote, backing down claiming Democrats are trying to hide, quote, illegal aliens in our midst, adding, quote, this is part of a broader left-wing effort to erode the rights of the American citizen. So again, I want to, this is a second thing that he is continuing now to pound every week, this idea of Democrats allowing illegal aliens in our midst. And these illegal aliens are going to be allowed to vote. Barr seemed to blame the shift in strategy on timing, quote, to implement any new decisions as forms are being printed, claiming the citizenship question would have survived a legal review by the Supreme Court. Barr also said information may be used for congressional redistricting, quote, there is a current dispute over whether illegal aliens can be included for apportionment purposes. This data may possibly be prove relevant. And again, this is the chief law enforcement officer of our country using the term illegal aliens. On Thursday, Trump hosted, because there wasn't enough going on yet, Trump hosted 200 conservative social media personalities, including controversial names Sebastian Gorka, Diamond and Silk, Jan James O'Keefe at a, quote, social media summit at the White House. Trump bragged how his tweets used to be more effective, quote, I used to watch it, it'd be like a rocket ship when I put out, put out a beauty, adding, quote, like when I said, remember I said something, somebody was spying on me. Trump said, quote, to me, free speech is not whether you see something good and then you purposely write bad, adding, quote, to me, that's dangerous speech and you become angry at it, but that's not free speech. Oh boy, I'm going to read that to you again. Trump's definition of free speech. To me, free speech is not when you see something good and then you purposely write bad. Adding, quote, to me, that's a very dangerous speech and you become angry at it, but that's not free speech. It is, in fact, free speech. Okay. On Thursday, the American Federation of Teachers Union sued Secretary Betsy DeVos alleging her department mismanaged a program that forgives teachers and public workers' loans after 10 years of payment. DeVos tried to end public service loan forgiveness for three years by removing it from the budget, but lawmakers have funded it. The lawsuit alleges DeVos denied applicants, quote, on arbitrary and capricious grounds. On Thursday, The Washington Post reported... Uh, On an upcoming book from reporter Tim Alberta, former White House speaker, Paul Ryan said of Trump, quote, he didn't know anything about government. I wanted to scold him all the time. Ryan also said people around Trump, quote, helped to stomp him from making bad decisions all the time. The author said he did not think Ryan could stand another two years of Trump and viewed retirement as a, quote, escape hatch. And so... That I'm sure is going to sit well with Trump, right? On Thursday, Trump attacked Ryan on Twitter, calling him, quote, the failed VP candidate and a, quote, lame duck failure and saying his, quote, record of achievements was atrocious, except during my first two years as president. Trump also tweeted Ryan, quote, quit Congress because he didn't know how to win. Adding, quote, they gave me a standing O in the great state of Wisconsin and boot him off stage and, quote, he promised me the wall and failed. On Friday, before headed to Ryan's home state of Wisconsin for a rally, Trump told reporters on the South Lawn, quote, Ryan was a, quote, baby and a, quote, terrible speaker and, quote, didn't know what the hell he was doing. Trump also claimed Alberta may have paid Ryan for the interview, telling reporters maybe he gets paid for that. In a tweet, Alberta denied this. Trump allies in the White House dismissed Ryan's take, calling it, quote, a little bit of revisionist history, while Representative Amash... Called Ryan, quote, one of Trump's biggest enablers, calling it, quote, ridiculous. He waited until he left to criticize him. Amen. On Thursday, William McGinley, the chief liaison between the White House and federal agencies, resigned. McGinley was one of the last remaining senior staffers from the beginning of Trump's time in office. On Friday, Acosta resigned as labor secretary. Trump, standing with Acosta on the South Lawn, announced the resignation saying Acosta had called him that morning, saying he planned to step down. Trump said, quote, this was him, not me, adding Acosta, quote, has been a great, great secretary, a tremendous talent, and noticed, quote, Acosta went to Harvard, a great student. Trump named Acosta's deputy to serve as labor secretary. With Acosta's departure, four cabinet positions will be held by acting secretaries, that's Labor, Chief of Staff, Defense, and Homeland Security. Including Acosta, 13 Trump cabinet members have departed, not counting those who serve in an acting capacity. Several also left under ethics scandals other than Acosta, including Scott Pruitt, Tom Tom Price, excuse me, David Shulkin, and Ryan Zinke. Standing with Acosta, Trump attacked familiar targets for 30 minutes. Didn't list them all out, but, you know, names you would have heard of. (laughs) He also said the New York Times is a, quote, very dishonest newspaper doing a, quote, tremendous disservice to the country. And, quote, they are the true enemy of the people. So I'm going to point that out as a third pattern we've talked about, too, how increasingly Trump almost every week now is saying that he will serve longer than two terms. He's repeating this notion of illegal aliens here in this country, and they're able to vote. And he's increasingly using the term enemy of the people, most recently about the New York Times. But he seems to be saying that as well every single week. Trump also mentioned at this news conference Article 2 of the Constitution on the executive branch, saying, quote, nobody ever mentions Article 2, adding, quote, it gives me all of these rights at a level that nobody has ever seen before the mind of a madman. On Friday, Mueller said he would postpone his testimony to allow members of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees to question him. Under the July 17th deal, Mueller would have appeared for just two hours for each committee. Because of the five-minute questioning limit, only senior members of each committee could participate, raising an outcry from other committee members. Negotiations continued between parties during the day. Later Friday, the two House committees said Mueller seemed to reach an agreement to postpone his testimony until July 24th and give both panels more time to question him. So, so many people have been waiting for July 17th as sort of this linchpin day. Now it's July 24th, question mark. On Friday, speaking to reporters at the White House, Trump berated House Democrats on testimony, saying there is nothing Mueller, quote, can say. Quote, he's written a report. Trump added the report, said, quote, no collusion and said effectively no obstruction. That's the second time he's used effectively no obstruction. And in quote, they want to go at it again and again because they want to hurt the president before the election. I just want to note here that while we're talking about these press opportunities Trump is giving, even though we have a new press secretary, we have had two White House daily press briefings in 2019. The last is, I believe, 120 days ago now and counting. We don't do those anymore. That was one of the first signs that experts in authoritarianism had warned us would disappear, the daily press briefing. And so it was. Uh, Trump also confirmed to reporters ICE raids are set to start Sunday and will target criminals, he said. There's nothing to be secret about ICE is law enforcement. They're great patriots. They have a tough job. Most mayors in the 10 cities targeted had criticized the raid and said they will not cooperate with ICE or give them police database information or cooperation. New Orleans was removed due to a tropical storm. Trump criticized, quote, mayors in sanctuary, sanctuary cities, citing New York City's mayor, saying, quote, but a guy like de Blasio probably won't want the raid. Many mayors do. They don't want to have crime in their cities or states. Trump said of the controversy between Speaker Pelosi and four freshman rep- Democrats, represent, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should treat Pelosi, quote, with respect, also claiming she lied about a migrant woman drinking toilet water. Trump also said the four freshmen, including Representatives Ilhan, Omar Ilhan, Rashida Tlaib, and Ariana Presley, all of whom are women of color, that they are a group of people that he does, quote, not know where they come from. On Friday, tens of thousands of prosecutors participated in over protesters, excuse me, participated in Lights for Liberty immigration vigils around the country to protest conditions at immigrant detention centers at the southern border. On Friday, Axios reported Trump is privately telling confidence he wants to remove DNI Dan Coates. That's Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates. Sources say the conversations on the topic have been happening for months. A source said Trump views the Office of DNI as an unnecessary bureaucratic layer, and since he cannot get rid of it, he wants to downsize the office. Reportedly, Trump is no longer listening to Coates. On Friday, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in favor of the Trump regime, saying the DOJ was within its rights to withhold community-oriented policing services, a program called COPS, grants from sanctuary cities. On Friday, CNN reported a federal investigation by the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office into whether the Trump Organization executive's violated campaign finance laws looks to be wrapping up without charges. On Friday, the Federal Trade Commission voted to approve the $5 billion Facebook settlement over releasing private information on users to Cambridge Analytica. Democrats labeled the settlement chump change. BuzzFeed reported, uh, we're just going to close out this story because so much of what is happening in our country is also happening on a, you know, I would say global basis because we've talked about this happening in Africa, but certainly throughout Europe, uh, on Friday, BuzzFeed reported on a secret recording of a meeting revealing Russia tried to funnel billions of dollars into Italian deputy prime minister, Matteo Salvini's right-wing party. Salvini is known as, quote, European Trump. The meeting of the three Russians and three Italians, including a close aide to Salvini, was held in October 2018 to discuss a strategy to undermine liberal policies in shaping new nationalist Europe aligned with Moscow. No evidence has surfaced that the deal went through or showing Salvini's direct involvement. Sound familiar? But the tape ignited questions of whether the far-right league party broke Italian political laws. So with that, folks, one hell of a week. (laughs) Oh, boy. Rest up. It's not getting better anytime soon until we create some accountability. And my belief is the only way we're going to do that is through a formal impeachment inquiry. So until next week, have a great one. Good night.